Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Morning Woods podcast. The first thing I want you to do is go down to the bottom and hit that thumbs up and then also subscribe to this YouTube channel or follow this Spotify account if you haven't already. Uh, other than that, I have a really special guest with me today. This guy is uh, he's a pretty big hitter in the Cincinnati scene. He's got a couple podcasts. You guys can check him out um, on Zorse Industries. But this man's name is Giles Chickering. Did I get that right? You did. Thank oh, you. my God. Thank you, Giles, for being here. Really appreciate you. Uh Yep. Yep. Pretty all much right. all of those apply. So yeah, I think that's yeah, those be, are the ones yeah. he asked me to hit before yeah. the recording. Yeah, uh, I like to get a nice palette going. So. <laughs> no, no, there's some nice. There's definitely some um, some dexterity in between those flavors for sure. Mm-hmm. Am I using that word right? I uh, probably. So. I don't think so. Thank you for having me on your wonderful show and your lovely studio. Thank you for coming, dude. This isn't Pleasure. well. This isn't this isn't mine. I can't take the all the credit, but I do get to work here, and it's a really fucking cool place. So thank you for having me, dude. Thanks for coming, bro. I see you doing big things, and since I always hear other comics talking about your podcast, huge. And, uh, I no, well, huge. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. not yet, but maybe, right? That's how I feel. I'm Gigantic. definitely. I'm for 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 the city though. Definitely people. Um, People showing you some love, and I've seen the clips online. It's pretty dope. I'm going to come down there and, and, and watch that, and maybe I can be on it someday. Maybe you'd allow me. Come on down. It's that'd a nice be, little time. That'd be pretty fun. I waited till we recorded it to ask him if we can. Yep, that's good. That's the, the pressure trick. on. That's the yeah. trick. You put the pressure like, oh, I, Giles is such a nice guy. I gave you a pretty firm committal answer. I said, yeah, I come like on that. I like that. Sometime in the future. Well, come when on. I looked you in the eye, you sometime in the future meant 10 to 12 years when I'm a headliner. Sure. And uh, I... <laughs> You were I, like, fuck off until then. Does pretty, that make sense? Pretty clear trajectory. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 100%. Most of the people that uh, end up on my show, it's people that I you know, just talk shit with in the back of open mics and everything. So, Just the homies, yeah. Once I've once we've established a rapport, which I can tell we're doing already. I like then, this. Uh, you know, it feels good. Yeah, you got you to gotta let me know that you and I can have a dynamic. And then, yes. then we can go on the show to be viewed by... Single digits of people at a time. That's fantastic. So it is nice. I'm more excited than you think. I'll be honest. <laughs> more than I'm letting on. You should see how I feel right now. I wish you had Again? a laugh meter or something it's, for your heart. I know it inside. High. It's, it would be high. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Not as high as me, but well, it would 100. You know what else was high? What's that? That little baby that those monkeys threw off the roof in India. I saw that. Uh, yeah. Uh, can you pull that headline up there, Dylan? Um, so apparently there's like a gang of street monkeys in India and they're fighting back against the people. They've taken uh, a baby and thrown it off a roof. And that's perfect sense to me. It's pretty much just a continuation of the wizard of Oz. If you, uh, (laughs) I don't know. That's over there. They're flying flying around and then they've fallen on hard times. And then that monkey probably either owed them some money or the baby probably owed them some money. Do you think monkeys are on drugs? You think the monkeys are selling in the streets of India? It could be, or maybe the baby was there and it was causing a problem and the monkeys are just trying to clean up the street. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's some sort of vigilante situation where these monkeys are just trying to live a better life. They don't need these babies coming in, you know? Yeah. Taking up all the food, all, the milk doing that standing on street corners at night causing problems yeah and a bad element in the neighborhood right so. i can see that yeah i think as a Do they cover that in the article i, I don't, I don't yeah. Yeah. they're gonna clean these mean streets up yeah kind of like in, uh, in missouri when they're telling it's now yeah. a felony to be homeless in missouri sure yeah and yeah. i mean these monkeys you know they're living you know they have their own 
style of living. They're amongst the trees, and then they see these babies walking around on the ground. They don't like that. Well, th- these are rooftop monkeys, bro. These are like city dwelling monkeys, I believe. I don't think that they're. I think they're like more advanced. Like they've. It's like Planet of the Apes. Legitimately, they're living amongst the rooftops of India, amongst the people. In the canopy, of course, representing... Probably in the canopy. Their own jungle of sorts. Yeah, yeah, basically. This makes sense. And then maybe maybe the baby was up there climbing. Maybe that's... I mean, what was the baby doing on the roof? Did anyone ask that? I don't know. I think they took the baby and then took it to the roof and threw it. It must have been like a... a King Kong situation. Because that's what I'm saying. It's like a sign of dominance, right? Right. That's all they know. They don't know emotional language like we do. They're just going to go off of instinct alone. Neither did the baby. No, the baby. baby presumably was in there, you know. The baby could have been a threat to them in some way or another. Likely 100% stolen banana situation. There's a lot of oh, things that could have happened. That. What yeah, if the baby's favorite food was bananas? You have to consider the dynamics. I mean, this didn't just happen without reason. Mm. Babies don't just get thrown around. Oh, man. They do in India. I, I <laughs> well, they do. According, Can we play the video that we have uh, pulled up, Dylan? For clarity, as a precursor, this is not a video of a child uh, falling it's off a roof. Definitely not. Okay. It's just a different video of another monkey who grabs a little kid off of a bike, and it's still kind of crazy. Like these little things are vicious, dude. Do we know that the other kid did not steal the bike from the monkey? Maybe this was just some revenge. Oh, that's true too. Yep. Okay. See, there he is. He's just grabbing these kids, and then. The monkey is, of course, taking the child, which it's is so much more powerful. We play that back one more time. It's so much more powerful than the kid. It, I mean, the kid, the, the, the baby, child doesn't stand a chance. It's incredible. The Same. child does appear to be larger than the monkey, so I assume that much this is bigger. Some sort of ant situation where monkeys are able to lift yes, more than are. their body weight. Yeah, well, they're they're like muscular. They're very they're heavier than they appear to. Okay. So they're almost like they have like they're like made of stone. You well, know what I mean? Well, perhaps they're just. Taking their spot back at the top of the pyramid. I mean, Holy this is something that we shit. need to consider here. Holy shit. Well, what if they start, like, wearing suits and shit, and they start telling yeah. us that we need to have monkey, we need to have rights for monkeys and shit? Do that. They start is that going to happen? They start driving Priuses around, and then before you know it, then, you know, all of us are paying a series of taxes to fund these monkey schools and everything. I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's there's a, a lot of stuff oh going on Oh, my God, here. it's yeah. an endless loop. I didn't yeah. even realize it was going to get that big. This is how the world works, though, you know? You when need new economies. You need new ventures for people. And Right when you start calming down and not watching your back, that's when another species comes in and starts showing you who's boss. And, you know, we thought it was sharks for a while, right before 9-11. They were biting everybody. That was a whole thing. Yeah. And then, uh mm. Yeah. Terrorists definitely took over where sharks left off. Well, we toughened up, and then, you know, right as soon as we start to soften up a little bit, you know, we get 20 years past that, and all of a sudden we got all these, you know, tree dwellers out here taking our youth. Which, Dude, at one point we were tree dwellers too, right? And then the food stopped coming because of the Ice Age. We had to come down into the grasslands and start taking fucking little babies. Yep. Raccoon babies and rabbit babies, and you know what I mean? Like Every it's just piece the, of that This has is to evolution. Yep. This is evolution playing itself out backwards. You know, we went into the cities of the rabbit people and we murdered and raped and pillaged probably. I think the lesson from all of this is never let your guard down. Yeah. Right? A lot of people are out there. They're taking every single anti-anxiety thing that they can get their hands on. Sure. Cut that out. Yes. Be nervous. All right. This is real and you need to be ready for it. <laughs> the world is a dangerous place. Yeah. It, it It's getting there. Man, you're not lying, dude. Yeah. You're not lying. But yeah. In summary, that kid probably deserved it. I what he was doing, but I uh, 
Moving on. Uh, no, I'm just happy to set the tone here. Yeah, no, 100%, yeah. dude. That kid fucking deserved that yeah, shit. Yeah, he was asking He probably for never it. put away his toys. He was probably always crying. Probably. You and, know. you know, I don't want to ask where are the parents, but, I mean, you know, we do have to wonder here. Where the fuck were the parents? Exactly. I want to yeah. know. Where, where were, were the parents when he got taken off? They were probably right there. The other parents of the kid on the bike were right there. Where were the Harambe-style security guards to the Boston Cap and that monkey? I mean, a lot of... Im- Sounds like an infrastructure issue. Did you live in Cincy when that happened? I did not. I moved years it's afterwards. And then I still is something that affects the Cincinnati people, though, right? Yeah, it's true. No, I go to the zoo all the time. I, I've visited the spot of the tragedy several times. Is it like marked off or people just know? They talk about it? Is They've it like Harambe re- carved in the rock? They have like a real small little plaque because they don't want to draw too much attention to it. But obviously they can't just fully ignore it. It killed a kid. They can't be like, this is our, our best monkey. It, it was cl- <laughs> no, Well, yeah, they... Uh, <laughs> Maybe it would. Well, I mean, now we've answered the question. Do they pay homage to him? There's just a, there's like a, there's like a little bronze plaque, if my memory is correct on this. And you see it and you say, yeah, I acknowledge that. And then you just, just keep walking. The Cincinnatians don't really, yeah, they're like, you know, we're all happy that it. it, There's a checkered past in the Queen City. Sure. And, and, you know, you have to take all of our triumphs with, uh, With our mistakes. Well, shit runs downhill, and you guys have seven of them, so I guess. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess eventually you know, everyone has to acknowledge it and kind of. Kind of. Yeah. I'm still relatively new to the area, but it seems like a lot of people just kind of keeping their heads down and plowing ahead. What was the like? What was the news like amongst the animals, especially the ones who were in the petting zoo? They were like, hey, man, what the fuck is going on? What I've They're received. They're killing the employees, man. <laughs> My only knowledge from insiders at the zoo was essentially like uh, they really set their PR. Uh, yeah. Really, uh, really let them run loose when uh, the new baby hippo showed up and they tried to just kind of overcloud over that and make that the headline. But uh, the new, is that how they've replaced Harambe with the baby hippo? Shortly after the uh, Harambe incident, a. Uh, Tiny hippo was born at the zoo, and they've just kind of tried to focus the shift the focus over to that. Oh man, who does PR for those guys? It's I don't know. Great, that is great, dude. Yeah, it's a smart move on their part. Oh and, man, uh, you know, I've seen that hippo several times. Yeah, it's nice. It's a nice little visit. I went there. I've seen them throw the watermelon into the hippo's mouth. Yeah, to catch that, and then uh, I went there shortly before Halloween one year, and to celebrate, they just threw whole pumpkins into the hippo's mouths. You know what we'll never see, man. And it's sad. We'll never see like Harambe fight that hippo and smash like pumpkins and watermelons on its head, you know, because he's only, gone now. Only in our best dreams will we see that take place. Yeah. Yeah. So sad, dude. Yeah. Well, that's one of the harsh realities of life you have to cope with is that you'll never go to a public zoo and see a gorilla fight a hippopotamus. <laughs> well, I'm not here, but in Tijuana. Yeah. <laughs> I. Th- I I believe <laughs> we're might at throw a, an alligator in. I like, believe we're at a point in society where if you have enough money, you can make that happen. Oh yeah, dude, yeah. you could do anything. This is like Grand Theft Auto, a hundred percent. There's one thing I learned from watching Joe Exotic. It's that if you have enough money, you can you can get whatever animal you want in whatever place you want it to be. Yes, you can, dude. Yeah, there are more tigers, and we probably know this. But there's more tigers in captivity than there are in the wild. There's like less than 600 in the wild. True. A lot of them work at uh, various mail rooms. So sure. <laughs> yeah, you you don't so? see them because they're just down there at the bottom of the corporate ladder, but they're in there putting in the work and yeah. they deserve the respect. The monkeys are out here revolting and the tigers are putting in the paperwork, That's you know, true. pencil pushing their way to the top. 
Yeah, it's a sick world we live in, dude. Yeah. You know, this is life. So. You don't see tigers on power trips, you know what I mean? No, not unless they're selling Frosted Flakes. That's when they really turn up. But other than that. <laughs> dude, I know, yeah. right? Dude, Frosted Flakes changed the game, dude. Yeah, do really? you know anything about the history of, like, cereal or anything like that? I don't, but I do see the factories driving through Cincinnati, so I know it's really ingrained. So John like, Kellogg, into, is. Yeah. Uh, they were actually two brothers, and they created it. It was a... It was actually like a place in Michigan. It was Battlefield, Michigan is where the cornflakes were invented. Okay. And then uh, the guy, it was like a facility, like a rehab center. And they used to do yoga and shit, but it was in the early 1900s. And this doctor, John Kellogg, was like really renowned. Celebrities and like uh, actors would come there and they would do his rehab center and they would do yoga and eat this breakfast thing that they made up on the facility. In the facility, well, the brother of John Kellogg wanted to like branch out and sell it to the public. Okay. But the brother doesn't want to do it because he's like, this is our thing here in the facility. <laughs> this is right? our special rehab cereal. Yeah, our can't. special rehab cereal. He's like, you can't give this to everyone. Like, you know, fucking Frank Sinatra's trying to get off a of Coke. So he's he's like <laughs> eating our cereal and it's helping him, you piece of shit. He's like, don't try to give it to the masses. And then this guy, uh, I forget his name, but it essentially ended up being the guy who did Raisin Brand. Okay. And so he came along and he was like a wealthy businessman who was sick and he came to the rehab to try to get better and he ended up stealing their ideas and their recipes for the cereal. He goes to market first, becomes a multimillionaire for his time in the industry and then that's when Kellogg uh, buys the cereal company from his brother and uh, their their rehab burned down too. I don't know, it's a really crazy story but I just watched a documentary about it on uh, what a, History Channel. What an insanely complicated uh, I have no ending to origin, this. <laughs> origin story for something that is just so incredibly boring as cereal, a product. Dude, it, it's cereal is a crazy story. Apparently so. The backstory for cereal yeah. is fucking, well, yeah. Fortunately, we have that. Sorry, I, I just wasted five minutes of your life with I, the backstory on cereal. You know what? I'm going to take that with me. You should. Now, every time I look at a box of cereal, I'm going to go, yep, rehab made that. Yeah. Tell, yeah, definitely tell other people. One hundred percent. Yeah, I'll share the I'll share this episode with them. I'll make sure that they know. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah I want you guys to know that cereal is important yep. and it's healthy. And uh, yeah, sure. I don't know. I never saw Frosted Flakes get invented though. It would just show like the earlier brands and kind of what it's worth. It was like a billion, a few billion dollars a year that they make off cereal. Dude. People like it. Yeah, it's easy. That leprechaun. I'm sure he's doing well. Yeah, the toucan. I'm sure they're all rich. For them. No, I don't think that that's how it works, guys. Oh, yeah. No, they're real characters, and I'm sure they're doing well for themselves. So good I don't know where you were where you were raised, but yeah. those are those are just characters. That they, they're mascots, or essentially, it's like for marketing. Yeah, they're in marketing. That's why they make money. Have you heard of Santa? Yeah, he's. What's your guy? take on on him? He's the guy that gives me a bunch of cereal for Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're on the same page. Okay. Yeah. No, you're good. I'm familiar with the man. The cap. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, Santa, good guy. Good guy if he's listening. Yeah. Um, and we know you are, Santa. You should get him on. Oh, my God. That would be huge. Yeah. He's physically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It would be a big deal. It would be a big deal. Get him off season. But, uh, I mean, you know, you can still, I'm sure you can make it work. Yeah. So you do stand up. Also, Giles. I've done um, that. That's the thing that I have done. And you, you're based out of Cincinnati, which they have a great scene down there. Where are you from originally? Is it Ohio all together? Or? I grew up in New Hampshire. New Hampshire? Yep. I okay. was there my entire life. And okay. Then, what was that like? Was there, is there water up there? Are you guys on the coast? Uh, there is. There are 13 beautiful miles of coastline mm. in the state of New Hampshire. And you can 
can go there to Rye Beach or Hampton Beach and have yourself a good or bad time. Only 13 miles of coast? Correct. Small. It's the tiny little southeastern corner, and then you have the entirety of Maine that uh, has much more than that. Do you think that Maine was being really selfish when they were splitting up that land? Well, they uh, they claim to be the, quote, vacation state because they have so much water frontage, but... Uh, it's ironic because everyone in Maine hates everyone. So oh. It's actually like not a great place to go unless you want to be in total solitude. But yeah, it's a. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably nice when you're old and rich as fuck, though. You that or, I mean? or, or as poor as a person can possibly be. Then that's yeah. a good time to move into inland Maine if you are a complete recluse. That's the place to go. Inland Maine. Not, yeah. So not on the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, That's ocean is more of society, and then the further inland and further north you go in Maine, the more that every person would prefer to never talk to another person. Shit. It's nice. That's kind of cool. I mean, yeah. that could be a blessing and a curse. Like, when you're young and you're out there making moves for yourself and you're building your network, I guess. There are no moves to be made in, right, in, in that Hampshire. area. Yes, yeah, so you The came, goal is actually to not move. Did you have family here in Ohio? Or how did no. you come? Did you I kind uh, of pop, knew Cincinnati was a popping town for comedy? or. I, uh, I was in New Hampshire, grew up there, college in Massachusetts, very close to New Hampshire, went to Florida for grad school. So I was down there for about six years because I hung out for a little bit after that. And then I got a job in Cincinnati, which is why I moved there after having never stepped foot in the Midwest. Okay. So I've been there since the end of 2019. Nice. Yes. And I have been shocked by how pleasant and uh, plenty plentiful the stand-up is in this area especially cincinnati especially cincinnati dude yeah people yeah. come from all over to do those mics and those shows down there and they love it it's very common and uh you know wherever you are if you do stand up long enough and you just meet enough people and kind of ingratiate yourself into it you kind of get into the headspace of like oh we really got something special here but yeah uh it especially feels that way in cincinnati and been by it's been confirmed by enough people on the outside that it does seem like there's something specifically unique about that area yeah when you know that it not only puts pressure on you but it adds a level of responsibility to you as a performer you know and as an entertainer in general yeah i mean kind of like uh i don't know i try not to it's the only thing that i do basically um outside of my actual job but uh I still try not to get, just because I've seen so many people uh, act completely insane, taking this too seriously, and when the reality is, like, most of the time, this is just people in a bar doing something mm-hmm. a little different than normal, then uh, yeah, I tr- try to not get too in my head about it, but... Uh, overall, I, I like doing stand-up in Cincinnati. There are... A large number of people that are most concerned with being very funny, and that's something that is less common than it should be anywhere that people do stand up. It's very easy to get distracted with uh, other priorities. It turns out, like politics and business. No, just like people oh, that comedy. you know, you know, they do stand up six nights a week, but that's because they're allowed to be in a bar when they do that, and you know, drink themselves to death or. I feel you. Do yeah, whatever yeah. else, or you know, they do stand up, but they do that so that they can just piss and moan about something else all the time. So yeah, what I know has what you been, mean. What has been great about Cincinnati is that there's a there's a core group of people that are actually sp- 
specifically and almost entirely concerned with being as funny as possible on stage. Yeah. That, that has been very good. Uh, yeah. Very good karma to build. It's so cool. I, lo- I love all the mics down there, but I really love yeah. the one that uh, Blake does at Bananas where yeah. it's like a writer's workshop and other comics can punch your stuff up or maybe help you find a better setup or even a better punchline to an existing joke that you're not quite sure of, but you believe in the idea. And it's like, there's nothing like that anywhere I've ever been to. Uh, yeah, it's incredibly... Pretty wild, dude. It's, it's insane that we have that, number one. It's insane that it works, which is all credit to Blake because he navigates through yeah. everyone's personalities and bullshit. And you know, every once in a while, someone new shows up and just blows the whole thing up because it's a very weird... It's a very weird thing to have people just stand there and take feedback on a joke. Yeah. Um, you got to be then, serious about your craft. And then it's crazy time. that it happens at all because Blake just does that for free every week. Yeah. And the only thing he gets from that is people saying, wow, that like it's incredible that you're willing to do that and that you've helped so much. Yeah. So. All credit to Blake Hammond. 100% credit to Blake Hammond for that. Yeah, yeah it's like, a, I feel like maybe for him, it's like a writer's workshop too, because like he doesn't maybe necessarily get to keep every bit that he's working on because it's other comics bits. But like yeah. as a comic, you know that just listening to stand up is helpful yeah. and watching other people do their thing well is helpful. So why wouldn't it be helpful to like constantly write bits for an hour or two? Right. You just get handed 10 or 12 really funny bits that you get to dissect. It's yeah. almost at the point where you're like a mathematician and you just do other people's problems and formulas for fun or something. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, He's the, like that smart at comedy. The, like the concept, you know, the further you go through school is that, uh, you know, the best way to learn something is through teaching it. And I mean, that's exactly what he's doing. Yeah. He's out loud explaining why he would recommend doing this, this and this on a joke because that would make the most sense or could be a new take or something. Mm-hmm. And if you're, if you go to that mic and you actively participate and engage in it, then you have just spent 90 minutes writing stand-up, even if it's not just for you, which is more than 99.9% of any comic at any level spends doing that. Yes. So it's... Uh, yeah, dude, that's what I'm saying. You get right. the, and, and a lot of the other people who are coming to that room right. are other like quality-driven, like you said, people right. who care about stand-up. And so you're trying to bring good material to the table and like, yeah, dude, he really knows how to cut the fat off and get to the, yeah. get to the point as a, as a standup, you know, this sometimes it's easy to miss the funny part because you want to be like, Oh, the punch is so good. Or the setup is so good. Or this is so new. I know it will work, but it's like, you just can't see that missing piece. Yeah. Especially right? if you're trying to do something kind of personal or if you're trying to make like a sure. point on stage, but I don't know. Most of my stand-up just exists in a vacuum of psychosis. Yeah. I'm pretty much only trying to either confuse or make people laugh as much as I can in the shortest way possible. But, I mean, you see it whenever someone's trying to start with, like, a real story, and especially if they're newer to it or trying to do something for the first time, you have to go through and pare all that out and add things that are actually funny through it and, and punch it up. Yeah. That's like one of the best things that you can take from that feedback thing or any writing exercise that you do. Yeah. 100% just learning how to write a joke at the end of the day, because like a lot of people want to do stand up, but yeah. like, and, and it looks easy. Cause you're like, okay, you go up there and you talk, right? It's like yeah. completely not 
like that. It's not that easy. It's not that cut and dry. And like, that's not to like boast or anything or be like, what we do is like super complicated. It just, as a matter of fact is right. It has, it has a formula. And if you don't know that certain formula, when you're up there, just being up there, doesn't count. It's like, yeah. I mean, like what's the secret. You gotta know the secret handshake to talk to the audience. Does that make sense? There's that. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, whenever I try to define it, like it's, it's almost more like a language than anything else. And there are some people that just know how to speak it. And then there are other people that try to break it down word by word. And then there are other people that just have no idea what they're doing at all. Yeah. Um, they just wanted to try it for the first time. Cause they're which like friends I, said they were that's fine. Yeah. And like, that's fine. Man, you crack me up, Jimmy. You want to go to stand up comedy. Absolutely. Like <laughs> people, people are welcome to try it as much as they want. Yeah. I don't just, yeah, if, if you're not on stage or off stage actively uh, upsetting people, then let it rip. You know, like man, man, there was a dude at Funny Bone last uh, last Thursday. It was a clash of the comics and the show. There was like it was a packed room, yeah. and it was a good. He had never done stand up before, right? And I think the pressure of the room and then watching some other comics do really well, he backed out like last minute and didn't go up. Yeah. And it was like, hey, man, it is what it is. Like yeah. it, it's cool. Like it's. And, have much more respect for that person than someone that just That's goes up. That's what I'm out. saying. Like, why go up? And yeah. then it's like, oh, well, you know what? Uh, I'm going to get off here a little early. I'll have a good night. Yeah. Like, you don't want to be that person either, right? Like, that fucking sucks. There's a show that must go on. Yeah. It's a time. There's employees. Like, everything has to go cohesively. Yeah. So then someone else has to jump on and fill your time or whatever. And it's like, you don't want to do that to the club. It's much more respectable to go up and be like, hey. Not gonna have eyes pee my pants or whatever. <laughs> like, my, yeah, yeah. I, I think that's more, much more respectable for sure. Yeah, and it's better than going up and just actively ruining the show. Which, yeah, many people. <laughs> the longer you do this, the more people you'll find that are more than willing to do that. So, just this shit on everything to make it about themselves, like just running the fucking light, just bombing, not, not uh, being like. This is the thing too. Sometimes, yeah. as an inexperienced comic, you don't know how to either dig yourself out of a hole that someone bombed before you did, right. or you don't know how to like use the momentum of a really good set before you. And those are two things that you have to know as a comic because, like, that's important to keep the show rolling and bring it back for the next act. You know. Yeah. But uh, I'm keep trying to find a, a freaking way to like segue into this dude. From Lorraine County. I asked you where you lived, and I don't know why I thought you were going to be like, how about Lorraine County? Oh, yeah. You ever heard of it? Uh, yeah, I've been through there, though. What's Have, have you, you heard really? anything from there lately? Yeah, so I heard that the the, the Lorraine, Ohio, uh, Ohio's Lorraine County had released an inmate on accident last week. Um, and apparently he was there for minor misdemeanor charges, but now they've charged him with a felony, and they're actively looking for him for not returning himself to the jail. Now, I feel like this is, like, something that's not on the people, right? It's something that's on the system. I mean, number one, we've all been there before. Oh, 100%. We've all accidentally been released from prison. Yeah, so, dude. I mean, it's happen. very common. Yeah. It's, uh, <laughs> the, the longer that you go in life and you realize the more people that don't care about their job at all. Yeah. And then when they make errors and it has actual consequences on other people the more you uh question how it is that society actually continues to function well and it's off the piggybacks of our ancestors and the people before us and the last shift basically like the way that you guess the, yeah like, it's almost like life like as a as a as an adult now i'm in my, I'm in my 30s how old are you 
before she was in a mainstream news piece. I totally knew that about her. So, I mean, like, sure, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, this is good for her PR, right? Like, you can't like as it could be I if mean, she yeah. does come home. This is only this is only good for her brand because she's being publicized like, like crazy. You know who my second favorite WNBA player is? Who's that? I don't know. Larry Bird. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Dennis Rodman one. for yeah. sure. The, Hundred percent. Actually, he was my first favorite. If Dennis Rodman wanted to make the comeback of his life, he would absolutely try to enlist for the WNBA. Yes, uh, that would be a great move for him. That'd probably bounce him back from all of the uh, Kim Jong Un. Oh yeah, from a couple of years ago. Maybe. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to try to wrap this into a big ball here because yeah. it made me think of something else that's not quite basketball related, okay. but it is sports related because, like, as Michael Jordan was one of the greatest players of all time, allegedly, he played baseball too, and he was great at baseball. Yeah. But is that translating as T.I. being allegedly one of the greatest rappers? I would say he has a, a really big catalog, and he's, he's definitely, definitely a great rapper for his time. He's amazing. And now he's trying to transition into comedy, but it's not quite the same ballpark as when Michael Jordan was trying to play basketball, right? And I'm not saying T.I. is the Michael Jordan of rap. I just feel like it doesn't always translate, or does it? And how do you feel about him, like, kind of doing stand-up? I don't know. I mean, like, he's just uh, an aggressively famous person, right? Sure, he's already a multimillionaire. doesn't really need to do this. Multimillionaire, and hasn't he done, like, several reality TV series about him and his wife? Yeah. So, I mean, having problems and shit like that's yeah. public information that people are going to count. Well, he also has uh, he has like a bunch of kids, right? And they, I, I'm sure I'm not sure 100. percent They all have like, like insane names. Like I think one of them is named King, and like they have like uh, yeah, they have like object names. Yeah. So I think he's just like you know, just like rap version of like Travis Barker, where he's just like. Quiet, be, quietly, but not quietly. Very obsessed with being a very famous person. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I really, I don't care what he does in stand-up. I know a very small number of people from Atlanta. None of them are thrilled to have him show up and be around. And apparently there are dozens and dozens of very weird stories that have already, come, like, are quietly passed around of him just, like, showing up at open mics and people being like, what? the hell is going on right yeah. now. Like he's showing up like it's a real big production. It's just open mic and he's He'll literally it would be like he just shows up, you know, on a Monday night in Cincinnati, except for it's a multi platinum selling rapper that's just there. Yeah. And it's like He's trying to be a normal type of dude, basically. I have no idea. Wow. Yeah. I, mean, I don't really I don't know, know what to make of it either. I mean I guess like I'm a fan I was a fan of his music a hundred percent. Like all I I'm all for it, but we know as comics, like it's kind of like part of the deal to make fun of each other and kind of like be able to take a joke, right? Cause yeah. If you can't that, take a joke, you can't make fun of other people. It I mean, doesn't work that way. It's kind of hard to make fun of a dude that number one has been so famous for almost 20 years at this point. Yeah. And then on top of that, even while being famous, still managed to rack up not joking weapons chart. Like, Oh, that's right. Real, yeah, he's been to prison and stuff. Real, right, right, yeah. real weapons charges. And even if he had, you know, $10 million in the bank, couldn't get out of it. So, I mean, like, they... Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, maybe he might disappear. Probably not. Probably not. Um, I don't know. If anything, best case scenario is he does something like... Uh, you know, like a couple of basketball players used to do where like, you know, it's like T.I. presents and then they just put 
Oh yeah, maybe do like a Netflix thing, let him host it or something. Maybe Basically, not even they shoot it themselves. Like yeah. they just do that. Basically, he comes out, hosts it, puts you know four or five dudes up. Whatever. That makes and, sense. And yeah. like, like that's almost guaranteed to be what's gonna happen because he's gonna, he's gonna sell tickets regardless. You remember when Vince Vaughn did that with Wild Wild West Comedy Tour with like John Caparillo, Sebastian Maniscalco, uh, a couple other people. I didn't see it, but I can imagine it perfectly. Sure, it was right. just like they went on tour, Vince like put the money up and kind of did a they did a movie right. surrounding the tour and everything, but yeah. I think it could be like that because TI could definitely bank off of his name and be successful cuz people right. will come. He puts people his name will on come it, to see come. him on stage sure. in general. In general cuz he has fans, right. right? So I see that working and and maybe he can be like a fucking light in the comedy scene and put some of those guys in Atlanta who aren't quite at the top on top and he could help them out, help their careers. Could, could be. Yeah. He could, if he could do something nice like could that, that. I could see people yeah. in comedy clubs all over the country, maybe being in his good graces. Cause he's like, he's putting people on. Yeah, he definitely it's a good PR spin. could do that. Or he'll just keep uh, getting very bad cell phone videos of him acting insane on stage. I haven't watched out. it yet. Yeah. I mean, seen it. There was a one a couple months ago where he's just like, like uh, the host is just like going off at him at a show, and then he like from the crowd yelling at him, or yeah, and then he goes on stage and takes the mic out of her hand, and then like that was a whole. Thing. I saw, I heard I that. Like, yeah. That's the, that's the one that I heard for sure. Like that was like yeah. the whole controversy, and I want to say that's really the reason I heard that he was doing stand up in general. Yeah, that was, was that like the thing. big. I had heard like rumblings of him like showing up before that, but. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. I. <laughs> it seems like he's not off to a uh, a great start. Yeah, but I feel that, dude. Yeah, 100%. I just like, I like to pick comics brains about that because as an entertainer, you know that like when you, excuse me, when you start off as a stand-up, right, and like, um, like that's what you're known for, then it's like a different level of participation than someone who's already mega-famous, yeah. Kind of being like, I'm going to bank off my name and what I'm doing. And then that should be good enough. Right. It's like, no, no, no. We know that like we had to use like, like our skills and our brain to like not only network, but like to figure out how to write and how to be funny and how to, where to go and who to talk to. It's like, yeah, we really did it wrong so much. Yeah. 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 We should have just become mega famous rappers. Well, yeah. That, reality TV that or what's actually happening is, you know, TikTok, TikTok people, you know, you get, I don't, know exact the, thing. I don't even know what the bar is. So glad you're correlating these things together. Cause you're absolutely right. It's the right. same deal. Right. And I mean like I, a lot of, I mean, when YouTube started, you know, the first generation of comics was like furious about that. And now we're you know, two or three platforms past that. So it's just like, it's always going to be the numbers, isn't it? It's always going to be pretty much. And like, yeah. I don't like I've, you know, the comedy club owners and managers, they're very candid about it. They're like, yeah, we don't care at all. Like, if, if someone sells out our room on a Tuesday night and uh, some of the ticket prices for these social media stars are... 50 to $100. 50 to... A, I just heard that uh, one of the dudes on Impractical Jokers that is not the main guy uh, just sold out, like, five shows up at Columbus. Wow. The regular, yeah, yeah. Regular ticket was fifty. If you wanted to do the meet and greet, one fifty, one hundred fifty dollars. Apparently, most people in the room got that. They did for Joe Gatto at Dayton Funny Bone a couple months ago too. And the meet and greet option means you walk on stage after the show. Someone holds your phone and takes a picture, and then he says, "Thank you for coming up." Yeah, and that's a hundred fifty dollar experience. Yeah, hundred fifty dollar photo. Right. I did that with Chris Stefano and uh, Zanies in Nashville. Well. 
I mean, I cracked the joke I, though. I, I hope you got a lot of likes. Too. I didn't yeah, tell him I was a yeah. I didn't tell him I was yeah. a comic, but I at yeah. least like threw, I made I got I yeah. made him laugh off the cuff, and I was right. like, that's good enough for me. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah, he's never gonna remember me. It's like I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm a comic from Ohio. Oh like, yeah, fuck yeah. off. Oh, do you want to open the theater for me? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. yeah exactly. Um, yeah, I don't, like it's <laughs> obviously it's like well. That's frustrating because you're in a comedy club and a lot of them will open, openly be like, I am not going to make an attempt at comedy. I'm going to stand on stage. And it's, yeah. But I mean, there are, you know, there's 400 people in the crowd that are like, yep, this is what I want to see. And then they wait for the picture and then at the end of it. And it's like, all right, well, now these clubs will remain open. So, yeah, I guess <laughs> I it's guess like that's still remain. Yeah, it's, you build like a social media cult. Dude. It's wild because right? like, well, I mean, you, you have five you know, you have five different platforms that are more dominant than probably any TV, website, radio, whatever. So you have all of that. And then on, on that, there are, what, 5,000 people that are doing well enough to... Yeah, or less than that. You would think it's that many? 5, I don't know. 5,000 headliners? In I, the I have no idea. I mean, like... Maybe working comics, yeah. Well, I mean, just people that, you know, if they have 10 million followers, apparently they can go to any city in the Midwest and then they'll sell out a 400-person room a couple times. I've seen I've seen people eat shit. Too. Oh, and they don't care. Like, I know. Because I know. they're also doing, if they're doing 150 a ticket, you think anyone is going to, actually, I did receive information that there was someone that was at every one of that dude's shows. Yeah. And was just, so I mean, he dropped. $400 on tickets to just see the same guy do the same thing on stage every time. I love the yeah. guy though. I'm a big fan of, pre- of jokers and I love Sal. Apparently, like I know, I know a handful of people who went and saw Joe Gatto and they paid like 600 for a couple a handful, right. four people to go. It's and wild. one night that's an Elton John ticket for, yeah, 400 yeah. for or 150 yeah. basically. Yeah. 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 That's what I'm like, saying. That's like premium. This is much as you would pay I, for anybody. I wouldn't, I just, I just paid one. I just paid one fifty to see Tom Segura. Recently, what like an arena? Or yeah, something? he was down at the uh, yeah. Agora Theater, something like that, something yeah. in Cincinnati. Yeah, were Downtown. you were you real close? Was it Columbus or yeah? Yeah, no, I was balcony seat, dude, for one fifty. It was probably more like probably like five hundred, maybe more for like a front row seat. I would say. Yeah, see, that's why. Well, I mean, like Ticket, Ticketmaster has unveiled dynamic pricing, mm. and I mean, I didn't. You know, we're on the internet. I don't know what is actually legal or not. But someone should atom bomb Ticketmaster's uh, main building because this is now like criminal activity. As much as they're charging, you're saying it's dynamic pricing. So what they do is they open the floodgates, and then based on whatever numbers they see coming in, they bump their ticket prices up. Oh, based on the algorithm right. of the so amount of people coming So it's not buy. even sells out and then resale and then whatever the market wants to pay and then some people get screwed. It's from the jump. <laughs> tickets are here. Oh, we have this many people on our website. Three seconds later, actually tickets now are three times as expensive. It's like they've done for ticket sales what like people have done for gas and cell phones and the price of gold, essentially. I guess, except, except it's like even more insane. So it's just like... This is the first time they're doing it. Um, so I guess we're going to find out. If is Ticketmaster Live Nation? Is that they the are same the same company. So they're huge, dude. They are a monopoly. And then Live Nation, <sighs> 10 years ago, started buying all the venues that they sell their I tickets know that. through. Yeah, yeah. So now if you want to perform, period, past a certain level, you have to play the game with them. Yep. So, I mean, it's just I uh, like 
of all the evil corporations in the world, they are right up there with the worst. Shit, dude. Yeah. That's crazy. It's like that in every business, though, right? It's like there's I always guess some if evil you, <laughs> if, if money. You, yeah. If devil. every business wants to operate in the worst way possible. And every I mean, big business is what I mean. Right. And I mean, you know, they have the tech to figure this out. The biggest question is how many of these artists are going to go out to play these venues with this dynamic ticket pricing and it's going to be half full. But Ticketmaster doesn't care because they already hit a higher number than if they had said, so, I, mean, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out what happens, but... Uh, yeah, for now, they're definitely on top. Right. 100%, dude. Yeah. I think I have one more story I want to share with you, and then uh, um, my engineer has to get home. Uh, yeah. So NASA's asking astronauts not to masturbate in space. Yeah, I um, think that's fair. I think that's interesting. It seems that porn is forbidden in space. They're saying that... Because of the aliens. Well, one ejaculation can impregnate three, three female astronauts on the ship. Because it floats around. It doesn't die. There's no oxygen. Or, like, it dies here, right? Apparently, it dies when the oxygen hits it. But if there's no oxygen, it could just live up there with you, dude. It's like a spider or something just crawling around. You know, I've only taken a few anatomy classes in my life. I was only pre-med. Okay. So, I can't can't weigh in. I'm technically a doctor, but not medical. You would know way more than me. I took some audio engineering classes, dog. I'm gonna get. Like, I didn't pass health. I'm gonna guess that hygiene was probably was probably their top priority in this. Probably more that than fear of uh, immaculate conception. Yeah. But uh, my theory is like you know you never walk into a a place where it says like no shoes, no shirt, no service. Yeah. Unless there was a guy before you who yeah. didn't have that and he made a problem. So it's like, how much semen did they find up there it is, before they had to make the rule? It is very likely that this rule came with reason because, you know, I don't know. It's like you panspermia, know. dude. What if your sperm gets to another planet and it's like fucking. This is the problem with this increasingly perverse world we live in. You know, in yeah. the 60s, all these astronauts had decorum. They weren't up there just cranking <laughs> it on the moon. No doubt they were blowing each other. Now everyone, <laughs> now everyone's going. What if that? What if, what if that was some guy's conspiracy? Yeah, the new astronauts need to be gayer, bro. No, no, it's not even that. It's just like someone's not mad that they thought the moon landing in the '60s was fake. Their conspiracy is just like, did you know, Buzz Aldrin was blowing everybody up there. He was that's saving I, America, dude. Yeah, that's he what fucking saved America, taking those shots to the chin, my dude. That's actually uh, what uh, that Kubrick movie was about. It was about all those yeah, astronauts dude, were just dude. sucking each other off. Yeah, on this <laughs> yeah. All right, I see the light, brother. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, that's a good segment to end on, man. So if sure. you got, I know that <laughs> I know that you're lonely in space, guys. If you could hear us up there, don't masturbate. Don't touch it, man. Don't touch it. All yeah. right. Um, Maybe someday there'll be another hero like Buzz Aldrin and he'll come along and, you know, suck off all the astronauts. But until then, just hold it in, man. It's for your it's for your own good. Um, thank you guys for watching this. Go down to the bottom and subscribe if you haven't already or follow this on Spotify or iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you might be listening. And, and also, um, before you go, make sure you follow Zorse Industries on spotify apple where are you guys at where do you want to tell them your instagram and stuff yeah if you just type that into any search engine it'll uh, it'll pop up yes and uh, source industries is a fake company but it's also me it's it's he's conducting fake business fun folks but it's fun and it's it's hilarious so make sure you check them out i really appreciate for coming today buddy 
Thanks, Dylan, for being behind the camera. As always, shout out to Citywide Studios for uh, allowing us to do our show here. And uh, peace out.